in addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Well, welcome to The Kingdom and Its Stories. My name is Julian Gibb. Thank you for joining us here Monday evenings at 5.30 p.m. for The Drive Time. Today we're uh, blessed. We're very lucky to have uh, a friend of mine, George Miley. Hi, George. I'm Julian. Nice to be here. Well, wonderful to have you. Now, George, a few weeks ago, we uh, um, Hannah, your wife, Hannah Miley, was uh, joined us here on the radio, and she shared her story about how she had escaped the uh, Nazis as a seven-year-old child, and uh, talked about her journey of of healing and of restoration. You know, she was stuck in a foreign country in in England, uh, couldn't speak the language, without her parents, uh, the world was at war. And uh, she she grew up, understandably, with this, this burning anger inside her that was slowly eating her away, but yet uh, came to uh, faith in Jesus Christ, who uh, slowly worked that, that pain, that anger away, and in fact brought love and forgiveness into her heart. And, and you and she go out to uh, Germany. The German government uh, invite you over, and um, you go there to, to share the message of of Christ's love and forgiveness, so so such a such a wonderful story. But then, I've uh, found out from you that you also have your own story, and so uh, we wanted to to hear that, hear what what you had to say. And uh, but it's somewhat of uh, your own statement, somewhat of a flip uh, in the side, in the sense of you are, are walking through a journey of um, repent, healing through repentance for the actions that your forefathers, uh, your ancestors had done. So t- tell us a little about that, George. Well, thank you, Julian, and everyone for being able to be with you this morning. It's true that Hannah and my journey uh, over many years has been one of reconciliation. And 20 years ago, God began, apart from our plans, to lead us back to Germany. And we were together um in the area of Germany where Hannah was born and grew up for her first seven years in a ministry of forgiveness and reconciliation. And in that context, we met many German brothers and sisters who were deeply, deeply grieved about the evil that their fathers and forefathers and ancestors had done against Jews and others. And we watched them process that grief in deep heart repentance um, and were very impacted, actually, by um, their experience. One experience of among many were was that we were invited by a group of members of the German nobility, actually, to go with them to Auschwitz, the place where over mm. a million Jews were gassed. And uh, they wanted to go there with Jewish people. And we went there and we just shared with them the deep grief. There wasn't, it wasn't a happy thing for them. They wanted to face the evil of the past. And so years of this slowly grew within me the thought, well, gee, you know, 
Is it only Germans that have done these horrible things in history? Um, what about us Americans? Have we ever done anything? Is, is there part of our history that uh, needs to be addressed in the same way that these Germans are addressing their history? And I suppose, Julian, right now I'd like to say to our hearers, look, um, I'm an American. I was born in America. I love my country. I honor my country. I have received so much from my country. My um, refugee wife has received so much from my country. I thank God for America. Mm. That doesn't stop me from being able to look honestly at our history. It's kind of like my personal history. I, I don't dishonor myself by confessing and acknowledging my own sin. And my country can be blessed if we can come to the point of honestly acknowledging the evil of our past, not in any way to condemn our country, but actually to free our country, to cleanse our country, to release our country into the beauty and purposes of God. And in, in especially with me, I'm a Southerner. I was born and raised in Virginia. My ancestors have been Virginians for centuries. And uh, we're facing today in our country this whole issue of racism. And we have all kinds of ideas of how to solve it. But somehow the real solution seems to elude us. And if there's one thing that we learn from our German brothers and sisters, it is, you know, if you want to really root out a cancer, you have to get to the root. So what is the root of evil? And the root of this kind of evil that we're talking about is that humanity is permeated with hatred, violence, relational violence, anger, contempt, and that's in all stratas and components of society. In my own particular history, members of my family on both sides were slave owners. And so that confronts me with the whole reality of slavery and the role that my ancestors played in American slavery. And it's easy to say, well, you know, that, that was, you know, that was in another day. We, we didn't do that. But here's the thing that, um, I want to share in my own journey. And by the way, another parenthetical thing I'd like to say is if any of you hearers are listening to me talking about this and you're thinking, you know, George, I can't go there with you. I totally respect that. There were many, many years I couldn't go there either. So I'm not here to try to impose something on you or to kind of dump a load on you. I'm not here to do that. But if you would allow me to just share my own journey, um, be blessed by being able to do that. So um, to eradicate a cancer, we have to get to the root. So um, racism in our country today, what is actually the roots? And if we want to trace the roots of it, it actually goes back to Virginia, my home state. 1619, the first Africans were brought to Jamestown, Virginia and sold as property. And that began this 250 years 
of a reality in our country where we treated people of African descent, African and their children and grandchildren as property. We didn't treat them as human beings. We treated them as property. We bought them, we sold them, we became rich through their labor. We beat them, we raped them, we sold their children away. It's all pretty, it's all pretty awful. But you know, until we deal with the awfulness, until we face the awfulness, we don't know what to do with it. So what is the answer to all of this? Well, the answer is the cross. Because when Jesus, the Son of God, died on the cross, all eternity changed. When he died on the cross, Satan was defeated and all of his works. And so what do we do with the works of Satan? We bring them to the cross. We stand before the cross and we say, Jesus, this is the evil that I have done. And this is the evil that my people have done to other people. And I want to tell the truth about this. Another theological word for that is confession. What is confession? It's just simply telling the truth. It's telling God the truth. But before I can tell God the truth, I have to tell myself the truth. So what really is the truth? And then I can bring that truth to the cross and I can say, Jesus, here it is. I don't know what to do with it. There's nothing I can do about it. I bring it to you, to your cross. And I pray that you will forgive. And I pray that you will heal. And I pray that you will transform. So, George, and so I'm in a process of bringing the sins that I am a part of and the sins of my father's house, Nehemiah chapter 1, sins of my father's house to the cross and asking Jesus to break the power of that evil. <clears throat> so so let, let, let me ask, let me, so I'll just go, let's dumb this down to my level. So, um, so how, what can you do about it? So, you know, the, these, these actions happened 150 years ago, which were horrendous, period, end of report. These people are, you're, you're the offspring of these people who did these, uh, these actions, these crimes. Um, but what, what can George do about it? I mean, it, it's, um, I'm not being defeatist here. I'm just also thinking for, for others who may be listening. Of course, this isn't just uh, in regards to the slave trade. You know, we all have, I have uh, injured people through my life in various ways and means. So, 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 so what can George do about it? Question one. Question two is, can you, can you also explain a little more um, about how taking this to the cross can free us from these things? Well, good. Well, um, uh, it is certainly true that slavery ended in 1865. But what did not end were the attitudes that made slavery possible. And sin, when it is not dealt with, continues. It's passed on to the next generation, passed on to the next generation. So in our country, the end of slavery introduced the Jim Crow era. And this awful thing, the lynching, 
of people, the segregation of people. Go to the back of the bus. Don't come into our restaurant. Don't come into our bathroom. So this deeply embedded making of other people, treating other people with contempt, treating them as though they are different and lower, that continued. And so how do we deal with deeply rooted evil? Now, Julian, you're absolutely right. I'm telling the story about slavery, but you know, relational violence uh, permeates humanity. So the things that we're talking about, what about what about rifts in marriages? What about rifts in families? What about rifts in churches? Do we have any of these rifts in our churches? What about these rifts in society? What about these rifts between nations? How much of history can wars, the killing of millions of people, can be traced back to bitterness in the heart of rulers, even rulers that claim to be Christian, but did not know how to escape from hatred and bitterness and anger and contempt. And so what we're dealing with is how do we break the power of sin in our behavior today? And this has everything to do with the gospel. Hmm. The gospel is about Jesus breaking the power of sin that includes forgiveness and going to heaven and includes that. But the majority of the New Testament is not about that. The majority of the New Testament is about how do we bring the power of Christ to break the power of sin into our daily lives. And through that, experience the transforming power and presence of his life within us. And so here is where God has entrusted to us the ministry of reconciliation. So that's, that, that applies to every single Christian because every one of us in our own context is confronted with our own bitterness and hatred or the bitterness and hatred of others. So what, what, and, is, it, is, it, is it what you're saying is that uh, the actions that we've done or the actions that our forefathers, foremothers have done um, they're eating, not only have they inflicted damage upon other people, but they're eating away at us inside. And so the solution to this on both fronts is about uh, an honest conversation uh, and airing the dirty laundry, as it were, uh, coming to facts with our past in order that we can seek healing and move forwards. Is, this, is, that, is that what you're saying? I, I, I think that's right. What, what, what are the components of healing? Well, first of all, it's not condemnation. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Jesus is not here to condemn us. He's here to free us, to heal us, to transform us. What is required? The first thing that's required is truth. God doesn't play around with our denial or our excuses or whatever. God, God is a God of truth. So God is the very first word out of Jesus' mouth when he initiated his ministry was repent. So what is required for repentance? Well, what is required is tell, simply telling the truth. It's not required beating ourselves up or beating somebody else up. That's not what it's about, condemning ourselves, condemning somebody else. It's about simply telling the truth. 
So what do we do with that truth? We bring it to the cross in prayer, by faith, and we say, Lord Jesus, here is the evil that I have committed, that my forefathers have committed, but it's still with us because it's never been dealt with. Jesus, I bring it to the cross. I pray that you will break its power. So what would happen, Julian, let's take it out of the slavery thing. Okay, here are two people, maybe they're husband and wife, maybe they're father and son, maybe they're two people in the church, and they are locked in bitterness. What do we do with that? What would happen if both of those parties were to kneel together before the cross and say, Lord Jesus, we both have sinned, we both are wrong, we both have treated each other with anger and contempt and bitterness. We don't have the power to overcome this. We bring it to you on the cross and we pray, Lord, that in your grace that you will break the power of this sin in our lives mm. and give us the supernatural power to love one another. Jesus said, whoever sins is a slave of sin. So this is what we're talking about. Humanity is enslaved by our sin. Then Jesus said, if the Son will make you free, you will be free indeed. And this is what Jesus does. He breaks the power of sin and frees us. So uh, one word you said that was springing to mind was you said supernatural, the supernatural act of being able to forgive and to heal from a process, you know, a as you were saying, uh, or Hannah was saying a few weeks ago, that um, her ability to forgive the Nazis was from God. You know that uh, by herself, you know she would she would stab pictures of uh, uh, Nazis with a knife. You know, and uh, and um, you know, just just the hatred was bubbling up inside her, but that it was warping her from the inside. It, it was deforming her. Uh, her, who she was from the inside, but that, that it needed the supernatural element in order to free her uh, from the actions that someone else had done to her, that it was a supernatural element. And so, you know, because, cause I, you know, we've all been hurt by other people in our life. And so the last thing we naturally want to do is is forgive. You know, I think what we want to do is have revenge. You know, you know, you hurt me, I want to hurt you. You know, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. So, so are you saying it, we need that supernatural element in order to overcome that understandable mindset, so that we ourselves can be healed and stop being hurt? You know, it's kind of like that person that afflicted us continues to do so as long as we have hatred and, and want to attack them. Uh, they're still, in that sense, afflicting us. Well, that's absolutely right. You know, uh, retaliation feels good for a couple minutes. But here's where we get to Jesus as our teacher. He taught us specifically that, that retaliation only wounds us further. Mm. So his way is not retaliation. His way is forgiveness. We don't have the power to do that. What is our responsibility? Our responsibility, first of all, is to choose to tell the truth. And secondly, to choose to trust him. 
And when we do that, he supernaturally transforms us. So what does it mean to be a Christian? It means to live a supernatural life. What does it mean to be born again? You're born again. You have a new life. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. So the whole of the Christian life is in another realm. It's not in the material realm. It's in the spiritual realm, the supernatural realm. We live with a risen Christ. He's not alive. He's alive. He's not dead. He's alive. He's with us. He's in us. He's for us. And we learn to live with him. And being with him transforms us. You can't be with Jesus without being transformed. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You you be with Jesus day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, and you come become increasingly like him. What kind of person is Jesus? He's the kind of person who forgives. He's the kind of person who loves his enemies. You say, well, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, relax and let him do it. Tell the truth about your relational violence and choose to bring it to the cross and trust him. And then he does it. So, so what you're saying, you know, the born again. So we're not sort of talking about a, a, a tinkering around the edges, you know, brushing up on this area of my life and brushing. You're talking about a, a, a complete rehaul, <laughs> a complete change, a complete rebirth, a new life. A new life. And so, you know, a, 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 and so is it right that Jesus will be there with us, enabling us to do? enabling Julian to do what he can't do by himself in forgiving others that have afflicted him. But he, he will be there with us. He, he won't just sort of pop in and out. He, he's going to be there uh, journeying with us. Is this what you're saying? That's what he said. Even he better. said, abide <laughs> in me. Now, I have to choose that. He doesn't force that on me. But he said, George, abide in me. And I will transform you. So... That's his promise, and that's what he does. So um, this is a good point to to jump in very quickly and just say you're listening to The Kingdom and its stories. Uh, Obviously, it's this drive time, Monday evening at 5.30 p.m. Do tune in each week to hear um, more stories and more more teachings from people such as George. But, George, before our time runs out, you know, what what comes to my mind of, of, of hearing you is... Uh, stories such as like uh, uh, St. Paul, you know, St. Paul at at one point uh, before Christ was out locking children and women in prison and uh, breeding murderous threats against people. You know, he was mad. He was angry. He was going to he was going to get them, Uh, you know, and then his uh, meeting with Christ uh, his his calling, making Jesus his Lord, his boss. Uh, transformed him to the point where he was then the one of the greatest defenders of the church of uh, women, 1 Corinthians 13, and the, the talking of love. And then, uh, obviously, with the talk in regards to the slave trade, as we were talking about earlier on with John Newton, you know, the slave trader turned one of the greatest slave emancipators, you know, the writer of uh, Amazing Grace, uh, the hymn. So, um, so for for people who are breeding breathing murderous threats and locking women and children in prison and from people who are trading slaves in order to have a nice big fancy house or or whatever um these people can be transformed so perhaps anyone can be transformed is 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 this right of course 
that's Jesus. That's Jesus' um, offer. That's His word. That's His. That's who He is. So this new life is available to everybody. Well, amen. And so that, that us to it, but it doesn't force us. Doesn't force us. So it's a decision we have to choose. Then, so those listening, we have to think that um, you know the slave trade in the United States of America stopped. Uh, but slavery is still very much, unfortunately, alive and kicking. Uh, the slave trade of children and the slave trade of people from uh, not only around the world but in America. And so this is a time to jump in and deal with racism and to deal with the slave trade together, you know, in harmony. Let's see if we can work with God guiding us to put this to an end. But thank you all for, for listening and thank you, George, for... Um, joining us and sharing your thoughts and as you say this is your journey but everyone out there you have your journey who uh, has hurt you who do you need healing uh, come to christ i would say go to and seek help so that you too can be healed and be part of the restoration jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me next monday at 5 30 p.m on faith talk 1360 We'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on the kingdom and its stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.